4: I've always loved reading. As far as I can remember, the feeling of holding a book always brought me great joy. Writing too, but mostly reading. I loved imagining myself in the worlds others have dreamt of and published. Fantasy, realistic fiction, thrillers, and all the genres. I was a little less fan of horror or romance, but I still read them from time to time. I was at work the day the office caught on fire. I work in a publishing house on the 15th floor of a towering building in Manhattan. I barely had the time to grab my laptop bag and two novels before getting down the flight of stairs as fast as I could. The fire was contained relatively quickly, but most of our office floor was heavily damaged. They said it could be a week or two before we could get back into it. Fortunately, though, The structure was relatively intact. It was mostly superficial damage to the building, but kind of catastrophic for our floor. Every wall needed to be torn apart and rebuilt, plastered, and repainted. Still in shock after the incident, I decided not to return home right away. To calm myself, I took a walk around the block. I stopped by a little Vietnamese shop and got me one of those delicious subs they make with coriander, cold cuts, and veggies. I wasn't that hungry, but that's the kind of food you can always eat, no matter how hungry you are or not. And after that, I just kept walking for a while, without a direction in mind. I was wandering around aimlessly to distract myself. And that's when I found it. The most vintage, cozy looking bookstore of all time i didn't even know bookstores like these still existed i'm used to the whole cold and distant barnes and nobles i even have a membership card at barnes and noble but i digress the small bookstore i could tell would already be my favorite and why well because the books there have all been used they have a life of their own and history follows them So I entered the bookstore, and a rush of serotonin coursed through my system. The smell of old books was like a drug to me. I instantly felt at ease, happy even. And I think that outside of my wedding day, (laughs) entering this shop was the happiest day of my life, simply because of that first whiff of old books. When I was a kid, I had this old Brothers Grimm storybook, I like to bury my face in. I would just open it, plant my face between the pages, and take deep, long breaths. I love the smell of an old book, ink, and paper. It's just one of those things in life that makes you feel nostalgic. Entering that bookstore was just like me shoving my face between the pages of a good book. I could do it forever. So I stood in the entrance for a couple of minutes before a noise from the back of the store took me out of my nostalgic daydreaming. A man soon emerged from the door behind the counter and raised a surprised eyebrow upon seeing me. His face was as round as Santa, and decorated with a patchy salt-and-pepper three-day beard. He had tiny round glasses that had slipped down the bridge of his nose, and curly hair that was now more salt-and-pepper. He looked relatively friendly, if only a little disheveled and, well, perhaps a little dirty. I approached the counter and said hello, and asked him his pricing for books in case I found something I liked. He looked at me curiously for a couple of seconds before his lips stretched into a grin revealing yellowish teeth that were stained by years of nicotine abuse and coffee. Books ain't for sale, boy. But you can sit down and read as many as you want while you're here. His accent was thick but I couldn't place where he was from. I then asked him if I could bring some books home if they had a way to register them out, and he nodded negatively again. He informed me that some books could be taken out, but some he would refuse, as they were unique pieces. I started to wonder how he made money at all, but maybe he was a rich eccentric financing this bookstore from his own means, and just wanted to help people get a book or two for free. It was nice, I didn't question it. And When you love books like I do, you don't question someone else's love for books." I thanked him for the information and started to look around again. There didn't seem to be a particular classifying system either. The shelves were filled with random books, and romance books were sitting next to comic books, and those were next to medical thrillers. Uh, Going through this boutique would take me years, but part of me was excited and each shelf was a surprise. And so I followed the line of shelves, and saw that some books were also piled on the floor the further I went toward the back. I also saw a small, uneven staircase going to the mezzanine. I could see two armchairs there, as well as some other piles of books. I was as excited as a little boy in a candy shop when I climbed there, sat in the chair on the left, and picked up the first book I saw on the pile. And after about a dozen pages through, I had to discard it. History books and biographies, well, they're just not my forte. Leaning against the armrest, I bent over to check the pile. I discarded a few choices until I found a book with a deep marine cover and gold lining. There was no title, no author's names. When I opened it, about half the book was written. Was that an unfinished work? I thought about asking the guy at the front, but from my position, I could tell he was back in the back store. Part of me wanted to drop the book and pick a finished one, but my curiosity got the best of me. i like books that can make me dream, so a book without an ending. Well unsatisfactory to most it appealed to me the thought that i could maybe create my own ending was fascinating or maybe it was finished but there was an impression problem and the guy was 50 pages off the mark or maybe it's the kind of book where you need white pages to note down some of the story elements which is why they gave that much free space i don't know who knows i was intrigued So I picked it up, and I started reading. Interestingly enough, it read like a journal. The first entry talked about a man who had just lost two of his kids to tuberculosis. The entry went on for about 20 pages, and I felt for the man. I knew it was fiction, but the words were so heartfelt, so emotional. They made me feel for the character. That was good writing right there. I felt compassion for this poor man, and the language used in the entry was also Old English, which just reinforced the cultural and historic position of the character. I read all twenty pages of this entry in less than an hour. I felt a little tired after that, so I deposited the book back onto the pile, and asked the man at the front if I could bring coffee in here. He gave me that creepy yellow smile again and said I could as long as I was careful I got out and found the nearest Starbucks before returning with a large order of coffee and two cookies I sat back in the chair and picked up the book couldn't see the man so I guessed he was back in the back room again I took a sip of coffee ready to attack the second entry it was a woman this time she talked about her fiance and the wedding plans they had And as I said, I'm not a fan of romance, and I'm ashamed to say that after ten pages of Rosewater, I skimmed over the rest. Her story didn't even end, either. Contrarily to the first entry, where the man said he wished he had more time with his kids, her entry felt more, I don't know, open-ended, left to assumptions. It was even cut in the middle of a sentence. She said she felt ill and everything, but I didn't bother reading back because her story just didn't interest me. No, I love reading, but I know what I like and what I don't. I don't try to give everything a chance, but if you bore me with the first ten pages, chances are I'm not going to pursue. And so I moved on to the third entry. It was another woman, but her story wasn't as rosy as the second. She was talking about how she was trying to escape her marriage, and how everything was falling apart around her. She talked about her mother, too, and how she would take care of the old lady since she began suffering from Alzheimer's. I noticed that with every new entry, the language was different. The more the book evolved, the more the language did as well. If the first entry dated back to 1930... The second dated back to 1942, and the third to 1984. It made me even more curious to know who was the author, and when this book was written, because the accuracy in slang was phenomenal. I did my English literature classes, and even I couldn't be this accurate with language. Shame on my editor skills, but the guy who wrote this was brilliant. I kept reading the third entry, and didn't stop until I was done with it. Thirty or pages or so later, despite all the sugar from my cookies and large coffee, I still felt incredibly exhausted. I looked at my phone and it was about 4:30 p.m., which meant I'd spent the last couple of hours reading. My wife expected me to be home around six, and I gave a quick look inside the book, and I saw that the fourth entry was the last. I had another 40 to 50 pages to read and I thought I could easily finish reading it in about another hour, which would then leave me enough time to go home to my wife. I had time, and plus, I really didn't want to leave that book unfinished, and so I shifted on the armchair to find a more comfortable position, and dove in the fourth and final entry. Surprisingly enough, there wasn't a date on this one, but I could guess from reading the first few lines that it was in a modern setting, probably in 2000s. So, this book had probably been written in the past 20 years or so. Unless someone from the past managed to correctly guess all the slang and how the English language was going to evolve, which seemed very unlikely. Even with the best linguistic studies... No one can guess where a language will go in five years from now, let alone a hundred years if we base ourselves on the first entry. It was still weird because the book smelled incredibly old, like Brothers old. and from the thick cover and colors, I would have guessed this book was at least 50 to 70 years old, but maybe it was just the influence of all the books around the shop. The smell probably permeated the pages. And so, I started reading, and the story is
0: uncannily
4: familiar. There was this guy who was working on the 15th floor of a towering building in Manhattan when a fire was declared. My heart started beating fast as the story related how, in his panic, he grabbed his laptop and two unpublished novels that he shoved quickly into his laptop bag. The entry described the staircase, and I yawned. Not because it was boring, but because I was getting more and more tired. I don't know, maybe the shock from this morning's fire was finally getting to me, and the adrenaline had come down, leaving me with low energy? Anyway, I rubbed my eyes because my vision blurred, and then shook my head. I needed to finish that book and go home. And I could sleep all I want at home. I knew that Julia would let me sleep after I told her about the fire. Everybody needs rest after traumatic events, right? But this book compelled me to finish it. I had to. I felt like it was sucking the life out of me. But I couldn't stop. It wasn't just my desire to finish the book at this point. It felt like I had no choice. It felt like my life depended on it. And I kept reading. The man in the story, just like me, started walking around to calm down. I related to him, but it felt personal for some reason. How many people have had their morning ruined by an office fire? Only saved a laptop or two novels and ate Vietnamese sandwich knowing it was the only food that would pass. And I swallowed thickly and leaned back against my chair, feeling my eyes getting heavier and heavier. The more i read the more i struggled to keep my eyes peeled but it was becoming harder and harder yet i couldn't stop i should have but it was like i lost control over my eyes my body and my will my vision darkened as the man found a bookstore and by this point i should have realized something was off with the book i should have realized way before that something was off felt my heartbeat slow down, and I was still batting my eyes to keep them open. But something still called me to the book, urged me to finish the story. I knew it was my story at this point, and I wanted to see it through, no matter what it meant for me. Well, it did matter. But it's not like I could stop it. I was circling failure in a rapidly decaying orbit but i needed to know i didn't even know if i was awake for the rest of the reading it felt like i wasn't it was like an out-of-body experience i could see myself in that chair not from the above position but from a mind's eye me and the contents of the book at the same time i read about the man going to starbucks and then the tiredness he felt in the chair I kept reading, because the words appeared before me, continuing a story I thought was over as the man fell asleep. It mentioned the boutique owner, and how he made his way to the chair, repeating, chanting something about finishing the story. So I kept reading, and I kept reading until everything went black, and I didn't feel anything anymore. The last words I read were in that old man's, thick accent finished the story repeated incessantly and then the date appeared on the fourth entry may 9th 2014
3: save big on brunch for mom all in the kroger app get half gallons of delicious kroger milk for 129 each then get flavorful tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 249 a pound all with your card and a digital coupon